podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC uh, and I'm uh, really pleased to finally be able to talk about some proper cricket uh, with my, uh, my my fellow uh, um, observers here, uh, Sal Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm very good, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just like you, pleased to see cricket back on our on our pitches and watching some action this weekend. So that's really good. Fantastic. And of course, I should throw in a um, FA Cup final. You're, you're an Arsenal oh, yeah, fan? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, really, really, really fantastic performance Saturday. Yeah, masterclass from masterclass. Mr. and the boys. Yeah. Wow. Good, good. Um, and our third panel member, Eugene Berger, um, also from Twickenham. Uh, great to have you on board, Eugene. Evening, Dan. Evening, Sal. How are you guys doing? We are battling on, mate. Battling on. Um, the format for this pod is slightly different from previous ones we've had. So I think it might make sense just to to, to, to briefly say what we're trying to achieve here. Um, regular listeners will know we, we've often tried to get guests on to talk about, um, you know, talk about their views on cricket, talk about yesteryear cricket, talk about uh, what, what cricket does well, what cricket does badly. Um, and that's one, because we're interested in that, but also because we, we, we've obviously not had any, uh, any content to, to go through. That's obviously all changed. We've had a week of league cricket in Middlesex. We've had um, plenty of action. We've had plenty of intriguing um, encounters. So we're, we're going to spend rather more time talking about that and rather less time talking about, you know, the great philosophical challenges that cricket might might face. So um, we're not going to just read through the results, uh, but we are going to uh, go through what we think are the more interesting results in a given weekend and, and some of the some of the issues, some of the, the talking points that have come out of them. Now, of course, that's not massively straightforward this week in that no, no one's got any form. Um, we don't know who's top. We don't know who's bottom. Um, everybody's starting with a, a blank canvas. Indeed, some sides are are, are going to be much weaker than others because of the uh, the trials and tribulations of COVID nineteen. So this really is one of those, uh, or was one of those weekends where we, we didn't have much of an idea what was going to go on. So um, with that in mind, Sal's been taking a good look at at the Premier Division, um, and, and you went to watch a bit of Premier Division cricket on Saturday, I believe. Sal, is that right? I did. Yes, I, I caught Eugene in action, but we'll come to that later on. Uh, good, in, good. in regards in regards to the season itself, obviously it's great we're playing again. And despite there's no promotion relegation this year, it was still good to see every game I saw teams competitive, willing to to you know go all the way to try and win their games. Um, in in the prem itself, we've we've had our usual suspects Ealing start off with a win against Bronsby, despite Middlesex John Simpson's best efforts to to try and derail them and uh, victories for champions last year from from North Middlesex, obviously crushing win over Richmond. Bush as well started with a good win, but the game that I really want to sort of get into and talk about was, was Tellington's resounding defeat of Hampstead, um, where we obviously had uh, two Middlesex players playing, Nick Gubbins and Sam Robson, but the star of the show was uh, their overseas called Harry Evans, who's come over from Sydney. Um, I've been told he's working over here for, for a year, if not longer, and he really hit the ground running with a fantastic 100, which, you know, put the game out of Hampstead reach. He comes from Gordon Cricket Club back in, in Sydney, and it's come with a really good reputation, averaging over 40 in the last six, seven seasons. So he's obviously been one to watch for sure. Well, first of all, respect to him for even getting here. I mean, you know, getting into the UK in this in this era has been, uh, been pretty tricky. So how long has he been here, Sal? I think he's arrived. So this is his first season over here. Right. Um, and from judging, I mean, I had a brief chat with Alistair 
um, the Tetelin's captain early in the daytime, he did say he's hoping to become resident over here in the next couple of years. So he could be uh, here a little bit longer than some of the other clubs would like to see him. Could be a mainstay, yeah. Um, before we get to that game, I see there were a couple of couple of big wins, weren't there? Have you got any angles on North Mid? Uh, so nine wicket success against Richmond. Um, now, I mean that's that's pr- that's pretty impressive, I suppose, isn't it? I mean North Mid. Yeah. Uh, we know that Joel's not playing; they're, they're they're captain from last year, but they they look like they're still pretty strong, right? Yeah, I mean still the usual suspects: Holman and Cracknell, obviously leading the way at the top. You know, they that Tom Nicholl as well within the side. Um, Evan Flowers. So these guys are you know seasoned cricketers. I mean, I, I do feel a bit for Richmond this year because obviously they're going to be not as strong as they've been in the past. Will Phillips is a, you know, quite a young captain. He's very keen, very good cricketer. It's going to be a bit of a challenge from this season, but, you know, it's one of them challenges that most clubs will have to take on where they have to blood youngsters, um, give them the experience, and hopefully next year they'll be, they'll be you know, better off for it. But, yeah, North Middlesex on, on a roll straight away. No messing around. Ten points in the yeah. bag. Impressive, impressive. And I guess we could say the same about Ealing, right? I mean, I, I saw halfway through the day that... Uh, the, the Bronze, we look like they're in a pretty good position. I mean, Simo scored 95. They're, they're Middlesex player. We, we, we've had him on the pod. We, we, you know, we know he's a good guy and a good player. And, and yet, and Ealing was struggling, weren't they? And yet, they got through. They got, they got where they needed to go. I mean, one of Ealing's, I think I'm sure they'll agree, especially Christian, the captain, is that um, Scott Inson won the game for them in the end. He's, oh, just a quick look at the card. He, 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 you know, he batted, I think, at number seven. And mm. he sort of crept, crept up the order in the last sort of years. I'm sure he's batted 11 and 10 when he first arrived. Whereas now he's actually a bona fide all rounder. Um, bowled a good spell to start off with, and then it, and his innings literally got him over the line, um, coming in at seven and scoring a useful, if not match winning 48, you know, which is uh, actually, yeah. So that was that, yeah. He, he's the guy for me that obviously, obviously, Ollie Wilkin again at the top of innings, 45 or 46 balls batted how he bats normally. But um, actually, an angle here again, we should quickly mention here is that. Nine Doshi, who's playing for Bronsby now, his father, his son, sorry, his father is the ex Indian international Dilip Doshi. So, um, oh, okay, yeah, good to see him back in our league. He's been here before. He's played for Southampton, I think, and one or two other clubs. Um, and he's back playing the league, so it's good to see him playing within our league. I'm sure um, he would impress his father with his figures as four for twenty-three. That is an impressive start to to, to any season. You're right. Um, and um, one game we didn't mention there was was Crouchend v uh, Twickenham. You watched a bit of that as well, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I mean, again, it was it's just good to see cricket back on back on, back on the fields again. And it was. I mean, I was impressed with both sides actually. I don't think it's easy to hit the ground running, having had all that time off we've had so far, lacking pre-season. and maybe bowlers are probably not you know ready. Batsmen could be said the same. But it was. It was. I mean, in the end, obviously Crouchend came out sort of quite comfortable winners in the end, but. Um, there was a couple of key aspects of the game that probably affected both innings, I suppose. I have to say, I was extremely impressed with um, Twickenham's Don Don Manuel G. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's a quality good batsman. Player. Yeah, he's a good. I love player. watching him bat. He's got shots all around the ground. That guy, he's, he's very talented, very good batsman. Um, but yeah, Cratchit. I mean, fair play to them. You know, they just come up and they're quite a young side. I mean, Eugene will agree. They're fantastic fielding. I mean, two runouts were game changers almost, and. You know, they, they stick together. They've got, you know, a good sort of spirit amongst themselves. And I'm sure Eugene can give some more information on the game itself and how, how things sort of worked out. Yeah, I was going to ask you, though. So what, what do you make of Twickenham's opener? The, the one who went in a four and a six in no time and then got out? Oh, he looked like he could win the game in his own when I, when I watched him <laughs> back. Then turn my, turn my head around, he's gone. <laughs> Story of your life, Eugene. 
definitely sounds like the story of my life here. <laughs> it was, um, you know what, it was really great to to see Crouching and and, and obviously go and, and play at their ground. It's a, one fantastic facilities um, on the outside. Obviously, we couldn't see any of the inside because of um, because of the COVID nineteen restrictions and all of the um, processes that have been put in place. But yeah, I mean, the field and the um, and the and the pitch were, were fantastic. Good stuff. And and in terms of um, the game itself, I mean, Twickenham started well, right? Rashid Mullazad got a few wickets and. And, and I guess then Crouchen came back, showed a bit of resilience um, w- with the bat. Um, and that, that ultimately, 198, was was it always too much? Or were Twickenham in the game for a while? Or what, what were your thoughts? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I probably can't ask for a better start. First ball of the game, wicket, um, which was great. Yeah, First of all, yeah. it's great to have Rash back. Um, you know, having played with him when I started at the club in the early 2010s, well, I think it was 2014 when I first played for Twickenham. And, you know, it's first of all great to have Rash back and seeing him take a, a fifer on um, on on that wicket. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. A couple of things, I guess. Um, the ball does a lot with with uh, the sanitising. I don't understand if any, and it'll be interesting to hear if other clubs had the same um, same feelings and same perspective on it. Is when the ball was cleaned straight after the six over sanitizer break, it tended to do a bit more than than it was doing. So. You know, it looks like the pink ball does a little bit more now, whether that's just because of the, the sort of wipes that we were using or it'll be interesting. There was a lot of talk from the umpires as to say, what is that sanitizer? Which was which was obviously a, <laughs> a generic brand that you can buy from any of the stores. So, um, but yeah, from a cricketing point of view, it was, um, yeah, we, we, we thought we were in with a good shout when we had them. I think it was 117 for seven um, when they when they had somebody that was injured come back in and, and obviously top score. Um, yeah, and then obviously getting up to 198 was uh, was obviously something that we were a little bit disappointed from a bowling perspective. And again, when you look at the way we bowled, it was just, you know, I suppose it's early season rust, I think you could call it. You know, 37 extras, including 25 wides. It's probably not good enough when you look at it from a Premier League side. And um, yeah, something that we're going to be working on. And then from a batting point of view, yeah, started okay, I guess. We got to, I think, 20 uh, without loss and then, you know, two quick wickets, Um from from the, from one of their openers, it was really interesting to to only face three overs of seam. I mean, I can definitely see that they're a very good spinning side, but yeah, only three overs of seam, um, which was which was something that again you're probably not used to, um, especially from myself who I like uh, I like facing pace and opening up with uh, a spinner was probably a very good tactic on their side. Whether they knew that or not doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it was it was good. People tend to then... learn when they watch you. They, they learn quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, unfortunately, we just lost wickets at, you know, inconsistent times. Um, you know, yeah. Don and um, and Sanj put on a good partnership and sort of got us back up there. And then, you know, as Sel said, there was a, a very good run out from one of their guys that um, that got Sanj run out um, with Ishi coming back in. Um, and, and, you know, Don and, and, and Ishi then putting on a decent partnership and getting us up to just over 100. But then in, in true, you know, Twickenham fashion, unfortunately, there was a bit of a, a collapse around the tail. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of positives to take from the game, but also a lot of lessons to learn and and, and obviously take on to Ely next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll get back to the extras thing a bit a bit later, and I, and I really don't want this pod to become us talking about Twickenham all the time. That's that's not that's not the aim of the game. But given that you played in in a game in the Premier League, it makes sense to hear a bit about your experiences there. But the one thing I wanted to also add is that um, one of the COVID challenges that we've got because um, of where we are in the county is getting people to games. Um, you know, you, you can't really share cars. Public transport's a challenge. You know, it, it's a fair old hike from Twickenham to some some grounds. Um, and so, three of our guys uh, opted to to, to cycle uh, from Twickenham to to Crouchen, which I thought was pretty bonkers, if the truth be known. But um, but they, including our captain Ben Lil Green, 
Uh, and I, I thought that was that was worth a mention. You know, they, they were so committed to playing, but they didn't really want to take public transport that they, they literally did a Norman Tebbit, got on their bike uh, and, <laughs> uh, and cycled up to uh, cycled up to Crichton. So um, every respect to them and then, then going off and playing uh, uh, Premier League cricket. So, you know, um, respects due there. Sal, you mentioned the Teddington game. I think we should we should spend a bit of time going through that one. I mean, for, for those who are not aware, Teddington scored 337 in their 50 overs and Hampstead, uh, well, Hampstead did not. They got about 180, I think. Um, uh, and and yeah, Teddington, Teddington were pretty strong, weren't they? So well, what's your take on that, Sal? I mean, they had two players there who are who are gun cricketers. One's got a test 100 to his name. The other was a key part of the 2016 Middlesex Championship winning side, plus... They've got the overseas who looks brilliant. Plus, they've got a director of cricket who looks fantastic. And the stories go on. I mean, you've got to take your hat off to Teddington. They've recruited well. But there is, I guess, an element of controversy here in in, in that um, uh, Robson wasn't always a Teddington player, right? Yeah, originally he was down as one of the Finch's Middlesex allocated players. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation towards it. But how he's changed from Finchie to... um, Tellington, obviously, like you mentioned, having him and Gubbins in your batting order is obviously not the worst two you could ask for. Um, and along with yeah, I've seen worse three and fours, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, having Josh Knapp at return, having played, you know, he's also played first class cricket. You mentioned Abhishek Jandrinwala, he's also played first class cricket. Um, in the IPL, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah, he's played in the IPL. And you've got Charles Milan, who's David Milan's brother, obviously, he's a reasonable player as well. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a strong side, you know, and I mean, the challenge is, obviously, as a club cricketer, you want to obviously play against the best players out there, but is having two players who are batsmen playing from Middlesex in the same side in the club game, is that, is that you know, we're, you know something we can discuss, I suppose, um, in the whole Yeah, if of, I was being devil's hmm. advocate, I, I, I mean, I, I totally buy that. You know, if you're a club cricketer, you want to play against the best cricketers you can. If you're a bowler, you want to go, go out there and get Robson out. And, and then, you know, you can tell whoever, you know, this bloke, 100 in the test match, I got him out in club cricket. You know, that, that's a great line. That's what it's surely all about. The issue is more about, and again, maybe it's just me being devil's advocate, about the integrity of the league, maybe. If, if, if one side has got two batters, and one of those batters really has nothing to do with the club, then we know that bowlers get wrapped in cotton wool a bit more. And I get it, because bowling is such an unnatural thing to do. So the side that then manages to collect up the batsmen really is putting itself in a better position to, you know, to, to win games of cricket. Now, my, my question to you, Sal, and to you, Yuge, is that just theoretical? Um, you know, d- does that really happen? Um, and secondly, should we bother if it does? Is that just not the way the cookie crumbles? Life treats you a good hand or a bad hand. You've got to deal with it. What, what are your thoughts? I'm very, there's, there's, I mean, you make a valid point there, because obviously, from what I've been told, all the bowlers who play for the clubs can't bowl. So, you know... I mean, obviously, they're, they're decent batsmen compared to some of the players I'll play with, but um, they're not, they can't do what they're being paid for effectively, obviously, be bowlers. Yeah. Um, so having two guys who can actually bat and our batsmen, obviously, is, is a bit of an advantage over the guys who are bowlers. But, I mean, then the argument is, I'm sure you can elaborate on this, isn't like you, as a club player, playing against these two guys, obviously, and if you're a bowler as well, in certain regards, and you can get one of them out. It's a massive challenge, isn't it, really? You know, something to brag about when you get older, maybe. Or in the bar yeah. afterwards when they open, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, what's your take on this? Um, I think it's great playing against them, if I'm really honest. Um, you know, I remember playing against Harry Podmore back in, in 2015 again when he was playing for Elian, and that was that was absolutely fantastic to have. And, you know, I, I personally would like to play against um, all of these players. And, 
you know, Dan, to your point, it's the way that the cookie crumbles. You know, I, I like the way North Middlesex have handled their players. I mean, you've got Joe and Luke who've come up through their ranks and now they, you know, are contracted. Same for, you know, from, from Ethan's point of view. Um, and yeah, the, I suppose the important thing is, is look, you know, you, you want to play in, in where you're comfortable. So from my perspective, there must have been a conversation that has been had between, you know, the clubs and said, look, it'll be better if you play here because it's a better, I don't know, it's a better wicket or you're playing against better bowler. It's one of those things where Dan, it's the way the cookie crumbles from my point of view. It's um, it's relationships. It's um, it's it's obviously having the right conversations at the right time, and and then the players get allocated. So yeah, from our point of view, you know, we 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 haven't been on the on the well, Twickenham hasn't been on that side of the coin um, for many years, but it doesn't matter from my point of view because yeah, we just sort of enjoy playing our cricket, and and I think personally, it's great to play against them. If I'm really honest, I think most people would agree with that, Yush. I, th- I can't think of anybody saying, no, I don't want to play against good players. I mean, what are you saying about yourself? Well, you, you don't back yourself? You, you want to challenge yourself? I mean, it's not, I don't think that's what, what, what sport's all about. I mean, the, for me, the, the only issue, and it's not necessarily an issue I'd necessarily want to change, is that, that, that Robson could have played for Finchley, right? Um, and I, I don't know why he's played for Teddy. There may be a, a really, really good reason. But it, it, it does seem that, that ultimately um, Stuart Law is keen for these guys to play club cricket, which is great. But if they all end up playing for the same sides, and that, that does skew the competition a bit. And, you know, I want them to play, but I do wonder if, if, if it might be better if those two batsmen weren't playing in the same side. I mean, is, is that really vital? Now, you totally get the point. If, 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 if you, you know, if, if, they, if he wants to play for Teddington, then it, there's something about allowing Robson to play for Teddington. But it did feel to me that that, that, that looks like something that may have been you, know, you could manage it in a different way. Should you? Well, that's not a call I would make, but you could. And the other argument could be that if they both play in the same side and one doesn't get to bat because the other one spoil 100 with another batsman, then it's almost like a wasted day for that batsman. Yep. Whereas if you played for that's another, another side, then you, you'd have a good chance of getting a bat, effectively. You know? Yeah. I mean, there is also, I mean, this is a stats issue, and perhaps Paul Smith will be able to tell us something about this, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure that over... The years, Middlesex players don't win that many games of cricket in the Premier League. They often contribute. Hmm. I mean, both of the boys were talking about scored 40, didn't they, at the weekend? Yeah. So, you know, serious contribution. But as you said at the top there, Sal, um, it, it's another guy who got 130. Um, so exactly. um, I think the, stat, the stats over the years might well say that these guys are not actually as influential in terms of results as we might think they are. Um, and, of course, they're going to go back and play for Middlesex before long, aren't they? Yeah, you're probably right in that regards. I mean, I mean, you can probably relate to this one, but I can't remember too many games where they won games. I know Alan Richardson a few years back, of course, have at your place for the Bush. But yeah, there hasn't been too many Middlesex players who have actually come on and made a massive, massive impact. Yeah. Ollie Rayner maybe a couple of years back against you guys as well. But again, it's... Um, yeah, it was well, Simmer, even the Alan Richardson Simmer, Simmer was pretty yep. good this weekend. Yeah, I mean, he almost won the game yep. for them. Yeah. But we had James Harris playing for Finchley. I think he didn't score many runs at all. Max yeah. Holden played for the Bush again, didn't make, make a massive impact. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and Simo did, didn't win the game, did he? No, no, he didn't. But, he, I mean, you know, you, you take those 95 runs away and it's a slightly different, um, it's a slightly different result. Different story. I suppose. Well, that's half their runs. Exactly, yeah. I suppose one of the questions I have is, is you know, hypothetically, what happens in a, in a game where there's, there's been a COVID-affected person and now, have, you know, the players have to self-isolate? What is that, how does that affect the Middlesex side? I mean, you know, do they have to self-isolate for 14 days? And if they've been in, in, you know, in training, and would they have affected the infected the other players? It's an interesting. It's not a risk, if I'm really honest, because they need the game time. They've been, you know, in the same situation as everyone and not been able to train. But it just begs the question, you know, was it was it something that um, was a good idea? 
That's a good point. Well, I think the answer, though, they use is it's that's a sort of life question, isn't it? Because clearly, if they're in the dressing room with somebody who, or, or in a team with somebody who um, is COVID, uh, has COVID, then they will have to self isolate. There is no doubt about that. Um, and that, but that's surely going to be the same if, if they meet somebody in another social setting, isn't it? And it doesn't have to be a cricket related sort of transmission. It, it, you know, these transmissions could happen anywhere. So I guess you just carry on and hope for the best, right? Yeah, exactly. But make no mistake about it. If someone in, in a team was to, was to be COVID-19, uh, have a problem there, then, then that team would have a problem. And we'd very quickly find that sides within the county league would become much weaker. And I think that's one of the reasons that promotion and relegation wasn't, um, uh, wasn't voted for. In that, you know, th- th- there could quite easily be scenarios where sides become shadows of their former selves within a couple of weeks. And yeah, and a great example, I'm sure you're onto it, is Division 2, where Brent from, uh, I mean, I saw something against Highgate, and they're nowhere near the side they were last season. So that's something you can, we can mention maybe later on. But yeah, they've, they've definitely struggled with players not playing this season. Well, that's all, that's all fascinating stuff. And we're going to come back to this, I'm sure, as the season progresses and as we see more of the impact that, 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 that the county clubs players do and don't make. Um, there is, of course, plenty of other cricket around Middlesex um, that we could talk about. Um, and I think it makes sense to, to say a little bit about the other first team um, competitions. I, I took a quite a look at the second division. I think the second division's going to be an interesting one. As, as, as Sal said, there are a couple of sides there, Brentham and Wembley, who I think mm. have really been hit quite hard by COVID-19. I don't know if you've got any more details on that, Sal. Uh, I don't know if you've spoken to anybody at those clubs. No, just looking at the scorecards, you don't see the, th- the normal names you see, you know, turn out for both those clubs. Um, which obviously it's a shame, but obviously we have to understand why why these things are happening. So, yeah, they yeah. may not be, and again, it might be an availability issue. We're they're not around this weekend, but just as I look at the names of both those sides, you don't see the names that you normally see from the last few seasons. Yeah. So, I do sort of think it could be an issue in terms of strength wise this year for those two guys. Two I think you're right, and I I spoke to people at um, at Acton and, and Brentham, and and uh, certainly the, the the Brentham mood music is one that th- this is. Uh, this is a placeholder of a season. They're going to they're going to begin again in in 2021. They're expecting very little. You know, the guys who are playing, no doubt, will give it their all, and, and they may well be batting yep. and bowling upper league. And best of luck to them, quite frankly. But I think they're realistic that they're going to they're going to struggle. And we saw that on Saturday. They were well beaten by by Highgate. Jake Charland, a, a, a sort of long time stalwart of Highgate, uh, scored 40 odd not out, and, and a new skipper Freddie Barris has been able to. You know, get, get into the get into the groove quite quite quickly with an eight wicket triumph there. Wembley, I think this this could well have been the earliest finish of any of the first eleven games. They were all out for eighty nine um, against Acton, um, and Acton knocked them off for, for none. So in, in in little more than twelve overs. So that's a a pretty emphatic win. By Acton. I, I fancy Acton to do quite well. To be honest, guys. I mean, I had a chat with Sahil, the the skipper. I, I think they've recruited quite well. Certainly, people from good clubs. Uh, they kept all of their players from last year, and I think the vast majority of them are playing, uh, from what I can tell. So I think there may be a side to, to to keep your eye on. Also worth noting, James Hunt, uh, Jambo, one of one of their stalwarts, played uh, took his 150th wicket, I think it was, for Acton in in MCCL. His, his 200th game as well, and he scored about you know well over 3,000 runs. And and you know he's a, he's a true sort of Acton um, you know Acton legend, and he's uh, you know he's performed pretty well over the years. And a couple of nice milestones for him. Um, at the weekend. Other results, well, we had another low-scoring game uh, with Osterley. They were 87 all out. But Hornsey, who, who I think more of a bowling side than a batting side at the moment, they were 90 for seven. Uh, so they got there in the end, but they, they had a, a big wobble uh, halfway through. Um, and even in the other two games, there weren't many runs about, guys. It looks to me either the batsmen are really undercooked 
or that it's a bowling league, or that the wickets aren't quite where we need to go. That's three hypotheses. I don't know which of those is true yet. But even, you know, the sides that scored well, Stan Moore, 201 for eight, by far and away the biggest score in that division. Uh, and yet they scuppered Enfield for 72. So there the, the really aren't, aren't many runs about there. So, um, um, yeah, Stanmore looking good. I think Stanmore and Acton, probably two sides to keep an eye on. But Harrison Marys will also be pleased as well. Ravi Patel was very pleased with, uh, with their performance as they beat uh, Winchmore Hill by 44 runs um, in, the, in the division's fifth game. Sam, any thoughts on Division 2? Any, any gut instincts yeah. as to, as to work, what might be worth watching? If, if, we get, if we get a few more dry weeks, I think Harrison Mears will be a very dangerous side because they've got three quality spin bowlers. Obviously, Ravi mentioned himself. Yeah. Um, they've got Kawar Kazmi, very experienced cricketer, very knowledgeable player, um, very good left-arm bowler. And they've got a guy called, I think, Harinda Gunasakera, who's actually, last oh. couple of years, sort of been sort of playing within the side but not really having a massive impact. But I think now he could be one to watch as well. So if we have some sort of you know spinning wickets, they could be definitely a side to, to look out for. Um, Highgate, yeah, I mean Highgate spoke to Fred and Sutter actually. Was I was at, you know, I was watching some of their game. He's really he's a very keen, enthusiastic captain. He demands a lot from his players, um, but you know he's got a lot of energy and he's trying to instill that within his team. If they can keep their availability, they could be a dangerous side. And obviously, you know Stanmore two years ago in the national final, so you can't you know you can't write them off at all, can you? Um, yeah. Obviously, they've lost Rashford. National final guys, in, but in Division Two, in Division Two, worth yeah, noting, they got yeah, all the, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, obviously, Rash has gone to you guys, but they've still got the Brian Golds. They've still got, you know, Tush, the captain's a very good bowler. You know, they, they, and if Eskenazi can turn out for them sort of every single week, then they won't be too far away, will they, really? No, they, they, that's not going to hurt having him turn up, is it? That's, that's for sure. Um, I know it's Highgate playing Acton this week. So um, uh, you don't have six pointers, as it were, in, uh, in the middle of July. Um, but I think that's an interesting one. I, I'm intrigued to see how that one goes. Um, and I think that'll yeah, be a decent yeah. marker for. for um, for where we're at. Also quite keen to see how Osterley get on against Stanmore. Osterley are one of those sides that I, I think can be can, can be pretty good on their day and they can be tough to beat or they can be pretty average. Um, and that's that's based more on history than, than, than current um, than, than current form. But um, I think that could be one to look at as well. If Stanmore come away from Tenslow Lane with, with 10 points, then, yep, I, I feel they're going to be up there. Division 3, I'm Sal, well, Dan, in there. Dan, sorry if I jump in. Yep. Harry read your report last week about the Division 2. I'm interested to know what they put in their lunch, box, their lunch bags they put together. That'd be interesting well, to find out. No, if I'm, know, I mean, the, I, I, yeah, I'm not planning to play too much this year. I play a bit for Twickenham here and there. But as and when I don't, I think Osterley might be on my radar. Because, I mean, £5 lunchbox. Yeah. I mean, I hear from reputable sources, namely John Reeve uh, at Acton, that their curries are top dollar. Um, so it's okay. a top notch, rather. So, so I'm in. So uh, I, I want to know more. Um, and and I, I can only recommend them because my, my sources tell me they're, they're good value. So excellent. Division three, though, Sal. Uh, North London, a good start for your guys. Yeah, really good start for the guys. I mean, they've they had a they've had a good win against Highgate the week before in the friendly. Um, there's a lot of energy about the club at the moment. We've got we've got a new um, coach in the club called Will Jones. He's got fantastic pedigree, having played um, for, in the heart seat for a few years. And um, I mean, what, one of the pleasing things for the club was itself is in our first two levels, we had 14 players who were played in the Colts, playing in, in, in the ones and the mm. twos, which is brilliant. And that's what the club's about. That's really. great. That's um, fantastic. Bring the young, yeah. young players. But yeah. So yeah, and we're, we're, you know, we're, they're, they're excited. Anna Allen, the captain's really, um, you know, really keen this year. And I think they could have a good season. Um, definitely be a side to watch. But again, I think Jim Carner, one of them clubs who you may suffer again with availability, you know. Um, yeah. Where's getting players out week in, week out. But yeah, I definitely think North London. Um, no bias here at all, but I think seeing 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 the guys play on Saturday, good season hopefully on the cards. 
Well, I think 199 for nine, Indian Jim, and you knock him off for two. I think that that's a reasonably strong basis to, to look positively towards the future. That's a good yeah, start. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's a good balance of time. Yeah. yeah. Any other teams in that division that you think might be worth keeping an eye on? I mean, I've got my hunches, but you, you're, you're probably a bit closer to it. Than me. Well, I think Wickham House could be ones to watch. They've got um, a new I think, director cricket or coach guy called Hamza Khan, I think his name is. And again, he's played um, some very good cricket. They've got this young guy from Middlesex, I think Ishan. Kashul, I think his name is. Yeah, very yeah. good bowler. I've seen I've seen him bowl a couple of times. Good, good pace. Um, so they they love some good good young players. Um, they've got a couple of guys. Who, I think one played for England in the, in the winter actually. Blake Cullen. I'm whether not sure how much he'll play this season for them, but if he's around, he's he's obviously one to watch. Um, it's just one of them leagues, isn't it, Dan and Eugene? I think where the tie gets a good run of games going, and you, you could just fight the table, couldn't you? Really. Um, yep. So yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's a real hard one. But, yeah, know, I always find I Division think... 3 very hard to predict every year. There's always things that happen I don't expect. I mean, I would expect East Coast to be somewhere there or thereabouts. Yeah. And yeah, they, had a, yeah. they had a good win on Saturday. They, they, they beat Barnes by six wickets, chasing 208. Um, East Coast traditionally a club that have been sort of Division 1, stroke Division 2 maybe. But they've been, they've been right up there, one of the top clubs in Middlesex. So I, I suspect they are, they are getting ready for a big promotion charge next year. They've got, they've got, they've got um, a young lad called Amon Lote, who I think is a fantastic player. You know, he's... He's back within the side, and also managed to get um, a guy called Hamza Kayam over, whose brother's called Imran Kayam, who played for Kent. Um, right, and right. he's also red cool cricketer. So I think those two guys could definitely be ones to you know to watch when it comes to the batting because they're both very good batsmen. Cool, cool. Um, I know Southampton are back as well, and they they, they beat um, Southampton promoted from what is now Division Four, what was the Championship um, before then. And, and they, they had quite an impressive win over Uxbridge. Um, South Amsterdam, another one of those sides, and you, you get them on their day, they're, they're going to be quite tough to beat. Definitely. I mean, you know, I, imagine, I can imagine being the captain of South Amsterdam is obviously a very interesting job because they're probably quite, you know, sort of colourful sides in terms of characters. But, you know, on their day, they could be a complete handful for anybody. So, yeah, definitely, again, one of those sides. Catch them on a good day, it could be over by... Who knows what time, you know, depending on that, how, yeah. what kind of form their bats are in it. I always find a lot of people at South Amsterdam who can whack a cricket ball. And it was like oh, a, 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 a sport to try and hit the ball into the, the, the yeah. tiles yeah. on the houses over the big fence. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, always worth watching. And, of course, we have a Division 4 this year for the first time ever, which is um, under used to be the Middlesex Championship, now merged, of course, with the County League. Um, if anyone looked at the results on the... The website, they'll notice there are only four results. That's simply because one of the games involving Tower Hamlets has been moved to August Bank Holiday. I, I don't know the background for that. I, sus- I suspect it's pitch not ready is the story. No, but, I think um, the reason was the, it was pitch was, was booked out, I think, already. It's, it's supposed um, to be a Hackney Marsh Easter game. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Against uh, Stoke Newington. So like a North Sunderland derby, effectively. So yeah, the, the pitch was, I think, it was booked out already. So they better rearrange, like you said, for Bank Holiday Monday. Right. Okay. And I flag it up just in case people think, well, what's going on there? You know, people crying off first day of the season. No, not, not at yeah. all that the, uh, you know, that that game will come uh, and it will come on, on Bank Holiday. Um, some interesting results in that division. I mean, I, I sort of picked up on a, on a couple of them. I mean, um, Actonians, 247 for nine against Harrowtown. That, that's a pretty comprehensive vic- uh, victory. Harrowtown all out for 123. Uh, Actonians, as everybody knows, you know, very much a, a club with a lot of tradition, a lot of history. Maybe they could be could be ones to keep keep an eye on there. Um, good win for SKLP um, against against Chiswick. They won by thirty five runs, having scored one nine seven. Um, Hanwell or Ealing Hanwellians, as I think we're we're now supposed to call one hundred seventy four against Kenton's one hundred sixty seven. 
strikes me as a, a pretty good encounter. Um, and I, I don't know if you saw the Ealing Trailfinders result, Sal. Ealing Trailfinders played Headstone Manor, who were Lahana in old money. Um, oh. And the, the, yeah, it was Ealing Finders 239, uh, Ealing Trailfinders 239, and Headstone Manor 236. So, so th- three run triumph. And I, I dug into this one a little bit. Um, because it, Headstone Manor were all out off the last ball, so they needed four to win off the last ball, and it, and it turns out they, they they were cruising at one stage. Their openers put on 145. Um, they were well ahead of the rate. I think the openers weren't weren't hanging around. Um, then they had two runouts, uh, one of which was apparently pretty disastrous, uh, and then the number three came in and scored 56. So they were they were well ahead of the game, and then they basically had a monumental collapse, uh, and uh, yeah, basically no one got anything else. Um, and all of a sudden, they, they, they were down to the last hour and needed eight to win. Uh, and then it was four off the final ball. Uh, and the guy who, who was facing, he tried to absolutely thwack it and, and was caught at mid-on. So over the sound of it, he almost got away with it. He almost got his four, but mid-on took the catch. And, um, and, and, and they won the game by, by three runs, Ealing 12 runs. I think the last four batters, I think I'm right in saying they got 1-1, one, one, Norton 1. So, you oh, know... No one was going to die not knowing in that game, and that, you know that, that, that's the sort of game I like to I, I like to follow. So, so, so it sounds like there's some good fare going on in, in Division Four, and of course you can read reports on each of the divisions on the County League website. Um, Sal and I do do one for a couple, for, for each of the divisions, and and, and there's, uh, Sahilka here does one, uh, and there's also one for Division Four as well, which uh, which was up very early um, th- th- this weekend. So if you want to know more about each of the divisions, then um, then that's th- th- that's the place to look. Any more close results that you saw, Sal? I have a feeling North London Threes were in a, in a reasonably good game, weren't they? That was yeah, close. They, they put up a great effort against Tellington. I mean, obviously, we mentioned their first team, Tellington. It's had a ripple effect down to their twos and their threes, where obviously packed with players of good pedigree and, and, and strong sides. And we looked down on out at one point, needed something like 160 off around 24 overs, and got down to the last over, actually. We needed eight to win, but unfortunately, um, we sort of fell just short, losing by six, seven runs. Six or seven runs, mm. it was in the end. But yeah, it's a great comeback. You know, it's just, I mean, you know, you mentioned the game beforehand. This is why we want, obviously love the game so much because it just chews and throws, doesn't it? You, you would have thought the game you mentioned, the team chasing had the game won, done and dusted, and a massive collapse. And that's the beauty of club cricket, isn't it? You know, we're just basically yep. guys trying to enjoy our games and, you know, anything could happen effectively, you know. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it, our thirds had, had a great, great effort. So credit to them. Obviously, Tenzin were very strong from what I was told. You know, a couple of guys in one's experience, which is, you know, so, so important <laughs> in the time. Yeah, turning up in their third. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we've, we've just talked about what the ones are like. So, you know, we should expect the ripple effect. Exactly. Yeah. But Dan, you've got um, some facts about one of the games and the other games, which were your game sounds quite interesting. Yeah, I was having a poke around. And I should say, if anyone's listening and, and they think my game on Saturday was absolutely fantastic, then then do, do just drop Sal or me a line and give us the details. We're, we're, we're always keen to hear hear what's going on up and down the leagues. And of course, we, we can only, you know, c- cover so many games ourselves. So if, if, if you're involved in a game, then do tell us about it. But I picked up Winchmore Hill against South Hampstead, actually, in the thirds. So that's third tier, Division 3. And that, that I think, was the closest game of the weekend. Winchmore Hill um, batted first. They scored 167, which seems, on the great, in the great scheme of things, like a reasonable score, actually, compared to the totals we were seeing around the county. And I spoke to their skipper, Ed, Ed Sobers, about this. It was his first game as captain. And he said to me, he said, without doubt, that is one of the most memorable games of cricket I've ever played in. So I sort of said, well, okay, what, what happened then, Ed? You're 167. And he said, right, well, it was, it was, it was nip and tuck all the way through. South Hampstead obviously going for it. And he got down. The, the last pair were in, and they needed 11 to win the game. Uh, they got 10, 
Um, and then Dush Patel was was facing. I, well, I should say that they needed. Um, I think it was something like six off the final over, something like that. Um, and in that final over, there were three no balls. Okay, that mean any no balls in the innings so far. And all of a sudden, the bowler decided <laughs> to start bowling no balls. So that that didn't help. Uh, two yeah. wides. So so the, the, the bowler is clearly getting something of the collie wobbles here. He's, he's falling apart. Um, yeah. the, the num- number 10 and number 11 have, have managed to, to, to burgle a couple of singles off these no balls. And, and Dush Patel, who's, who, who's, you know, one of South Hampstead's sort of legendary characters, he, he's facing and Dush likes to, he likes to trash it through cover or trash it through the gully, really. And, um, so, you know, they need, they need two to win, one to tie. Dush does as he does and he smashes it at gully. And there's a 15 year old at gully. Uh, called, and I apologise if I get his surname, Sachin Jiangjiani, I think his name is, 15 years old, stood at point. So uh, uh, Dush absolutely wallops it. He cuts it and it goes straight into Sachin's gullet. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's caught it. He's saved mm. himself any injury and they won the game. You know, they won Brilliant. the game with, with a, a cold catching, the, the winning, uh, the, the, you know, the winning shot, which would have gone to the boundary for four. Um, and you know, I just thought that that's another example of a super game of, of cricket. Um, and you know, certainly, Ed Sobers from Winchmore Hill was was saying it was fantastic. This is what you've this is what we've been waiting nine months to play. So one six seven, one six six. And you you mentioned earlier there was a lot of extras in in, in the Twickenham game. Well, there were ninety one extras in this game. Right. So if South Amsterdam need to if they want to look at where they <laughs> lost it, I. I I think it's the sixty extras they gave away because sixty of those ninety-one were um were, were went to Winchmore Hill. So um so yeah, extras. I was just going to flag this up again though. I mean, well, I find it quite interesting that people talk about you know the, the, the need to improve your skills and they often mean you know bowl but bowl, bowl particular types of delivery. Um, think about swinging the ball, but in in our cricket. Just bowl it straight is probably the first thing that people should say. No, I mean, have you noticed this? How there's a lot of wides about, right? Definitely. I totally agree with Dan. The, the art of bowling straight is lost on most players at the moment. It's just literally, you know, just, you know run up a name for the stumps, mate. That's what I used to do. I'm sure you do as well now, Dan, looking at your figures from Saturday. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was you know, talked out of my, my retirement to, 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 to burgle a few in our fifths on Saturday, yeah, which was a, a messy affair. But, but you, you know, you bowl properly, Sal, you know, and it really does strike me that sometimes people think it is all about you know, doing the magnificent outswinger and, and, and trying to bowl, you know, the knuckleball and, and all this mm. nonsense. But the, the amount of extra, I would love to know how many extras there were across Middlesex last weekend, because I bet that number will be staggering. Sure will. Maybe Paul yeah. Smith could answer that one if he's listening. Yeah, pa- calling Paul Smith to, to talk to us about what you know. Um, great stuff, guys. Huge. I wanted to come back to you. Um, I believe you've been, uh, you've been building up a trivia question for us. What, what have you got? I do, Dan. And, um, you know, having played at Crouch Inn this weekend, and um, a few of the middle, the a few of the North Middlesex lads came over after um, after beating Richmond and, and and watching the game because I'm told that uh, they are playing them next weekend. So I suppose my trivia question is: Is there two grounds closer than Crouch End and North Middlesex um, in the county league? Because yes, having having walked between the two grounds, it's about five meters. Um, yeah, I was just interested to see if there was a ground that was closer. There I is. can't believe you've asked that question. You, Sal, any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> so, so North London and Highgate are divided by a boundary rope. And I'm guessing you, to, to be fair, you, you probably haven't played at Highgate or North London. I'm guessing Twickenham probably haven't played them last five, I, six years. I have. A boundary rope. Both of them. Oh, you have? Oh, I have played in both no of them. You're not noticing <laughs> I, I noticed the boundary can... rope, but 
I thought there was about 10 meters from memory between no. the two ropes. You can be on both pitches at once, effectively, in some ways. Yeah. One leg either side right. of the rope. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I would rejig that trivia question, Huge. I think it's a great question, but I would like to know is there anywhere else that people have played where the same applies? Because I, you know, for my sins, played a bit of cricket in the, in the north, as, as people may remember, but I don't ever remember two clubs being separated by a boundary rope. Uh, I'm not, I don't ever recall that. And Sal, have you ever heard of any clubs closer than you and Heiden? No, not at all. I know, I think Harris St. Mary's were close to, was it Lahana maybe? But yeah, that was, I feel a bush separated those. It's still two, a bush. Like a hedge or yeah, something. it's a bush. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Acton Shepherd's yeah, bush, that, 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 that's a fence as well, isn't it? But it's yeah, still a physical yeah. barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we, I, I got one issue to do with grounds that I might flag up that, that, that I heard this week. In Shropshire, the Shropshire League, um, Alberbury Cricket Club, which is a very picturesque country ground, they got a particular problem because their, bound, their ground is in England and Wales. And England oh. and Wales have got different regulations in terms yeah. of how cricket should be played. So <laughs> you've sort of got a social distance on one side and not on the other. So it's, um, yeah, they've had a messy old week working out what exactly they can and can't do. So, uh, so that they, they, they cross national boundaries. Again, I don't know if anyone knows of any other grounds that cross national boundaries. I'd be, I'd be keen to hear more. Folks, I think we've, we've covered enough territory here. Sal, is there anything you want to throw in at the end? Any games you're looking forward to for next week? Just quickly, next weekend, yeah, we've got the North London Derby's crouching, playing North Sex, both unbeaten after wins this weekend. So I'll be popping over there to see some of that, along with Tiger and Acton and North London playing Harrow. Okay. Um, so I'll be in that area floating around, trying to get some action. Yeah, so that's the game I'm looking forward to most in the Premier Division. Sounds good to me. And you, you'll be playing against Ealing, either in the ones or the twos, right? So Twickenham Ealing will be where you are spending your time? Correct. I will either be doing the trip to Ealing if selected for the ones, or I'll be playing at home for the twos and skipping the side. Yeah, depends on our selection, which we have tomorrow. As I'm sure all excellent clubs do. stuff. <laughs> yeah, out of interest, I presume selections done via Zoom now, right? You know, the old sort of it's... meeting in the pavilion until eleven o'clock at night's dead. Is it? Hmm. Those are all gone. We found better ways to Good do point. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, um, it's all on more, Zoom now. More efficient. Yeah, Zoom, WhatsApp calling, all sorts of different media that you can do. So. Yeah, um, it's, it's changed. And I have to say, I think it's changed for the better. I, I think, you know, the, the days of having three-hour meetings, as much as many people might have loved them, it's, it's just not possible anymore, is it? Zoom's made this all a bit, bit more seamless. Um, Other products good, good, are available. Fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can, of course, do it by Skype. Yeah. Yes. And, exactly. And um, <laughs> folks, always a pleasure to catch up. Um, as, as we've said before, um, if you like what we do, then um, please do um, tick the relevant boxes and the relevant podcast providers. We'd, we'd love to hear more from you. If you've got any information on the weekend's games, then, then hit us up with those. Um, and we'll be back this time next week to talk more uh, Middlesex County Cricket League. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Podcast Network.